Well, we've been walking through over the last couple of weeks this uh, start book. <clears throat> we've talked about our mission statement here as a church. And our mission statement is to change our world by developing Christ's followers who love God and who love people. Now, that is something that comes right from the mission that God gave to each and every one of us. Jesus spoke those words. He told us to go and to preach the gospel. He told us to make disciples of all the nations, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We don't have a choice. It's not like something we can maybe do. It's not like something like if we have time that we will do. God said, do it. God said, you don't have a choice. Go and do what I've commanded you to do. The Bible says to him that knows to do right and doesn't do it to him, it is sin. So in other words, if we are not fulfilling the call of God on our lives, then in fact, that indeed is actually sin in our journey. And so we've been talking about that, walking through. We've talked about the importance of our value statement, how we actually carry it out. Like if we believe that we're to change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and who love people by preaching the gospel, what undergirds that is our six value statement here as a church. The first is a commitment to scripture, recognizing that God's word is the infallible, inerrant, inspired word of God. So it's a commitment to scripture and a culture of prayer and a lifestyle of worship. We talked about that last week. And then the next three, that we are connected in community with a heart for serving and with a passion for sharing. All of these statements, all of these thoughts are, are kind of growing out of this idea that God wants us to do something. God wants us to serve. God wants us to go. God wants us to reach. He wants us to tell. You see, God does not desire for every, any person who is a follower of Jesus Christ to simply say, yeah, I believe, and then sit back and do nothing and wait for heaven. That's not what God wants from you. God does not want you to sit back and just wait for the moment that you take your last breath here so you can take your first breath there. That is not all that God wants us to do. Now, certainly that's a gift. There's no question, there's no doubt that the fact that God has given his son, that through him that we have the opportunity of the promise and the hope of heaven, like that's a great thing to look forward to. Like I'm looking forward to that day that I step into the presence of heaven. I don't want it to be today. Like I want it to be way, way in the future, but still I'm looking forward to that day. God does give us that hope. God, God does give us that promise. But what God wants us to do in the meantime is to do something with our faith, to actually get involved, to serve and to do. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And so I want to go into this passage in John chapter 13. And I want to read some verses. Now, to give you a little bit of context before we jump into this passage, this is in the hours leading up to the moment that Jesus himself would be arrested, that he would be tried, and then eventually be crucified. So this is leading up into those moments, leading up into that time when Jesus was willing to give his all, sacrificially, to lay down his life for you and me. And so he's gathered his disciples together. They're having a last meal together, a last opportunity for them to visit with one another and to encourage one another and for Jesus to clearly give them some kind of last minute lessons on what it looks like to live for Christ. And so we go to John chapter 13. We're going to read from verse four. And it says, so he got up from supper. This again, after they've had their meal. He got up from supper, he laid aside his outer clothing, he took a towel and he tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel uh, tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? 
And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing for, uh, what I'm doing for you, uh, don't realize, you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part with me. And so Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who is bathed, Jesus told him, does not need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. That's a reference to the fact that Judas Iscariot was still sitting in the room. And so Jesus clearly knew that Satan had already entered into Judas, already that motion had been set where he was going to betray Jesus. And so here he's talking about Judas. But it goes on to say in verse 12. So when Jesus had washed their feet and put on his other clothing, he reclined again and said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're speaking rightly since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. And so there we see the picture of what Jesus did. He gave an example. He showed us exactly what we must do in order to serve those around us. In other words, we don't just serve those who are above us. We don't serve those who have more power or more uh, authority than we do. We don't serve those who can do something for us. We serve everyone. And the idea that Jesus gave here, this opportunity that he had to teach a lesson to the disciples in the hours leading up to uh, the moment that he would step onto the, uh, into the, the Calvary and, and be nailed to that tree and to die for your sins and for mine. He wanted to make sure, like, like you don't miss this. You've got to do as I've done. Serve as I've served. And so today, let's kind of like walk through this passage, walk through this story that I know it's familiar but I think we can, you know, kind of grab a hold of a couple of things, take it away today that we can actually be encouraged, but also that we can be engaged. And so the first thing we see here is we've got to make sure, like, do something unexpected. In our walk with Christ, we have a responsibility, we have a duty, according to what Jesus said, do something unexpected. Now, what does that mean? Go back to verse 4 and 5. It says, so he got up from supper laid aside his outer clothing. He took a towel, he tied it around himself, and next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. I can guarantee you the disciples were not expecting that moment. The disciples who had been following him for three years, that had walked away from everything, they had seen Jesus, the Son of God, heal the sick, and they had seen him raise the dead. They had heard him uh, say all of the incredible things that he had shared, preached all the powerful sermons that he preached during that three-year ministry. They had seen him feed 5,000. They had seen him feed 4,000. They had seen him do what could not be done, humanly speaking, but because he is the Son of God that miraculously he had the opportunity of doing it. They had seen all of that. And yet in this moment, what they saw was Jesus standing up from the table, kneeling down in front of them, and washing their feet. Now the idea, the picture of washing someone's feet back in those days literally was the idea of something, this is something a servant would do. This is something that someone lower would do. Like certainly not anyone of his stature, not anyone of importance, not anyone of value would take the time to wash someone's feet. This is something that was reserved for the people who were less than. And yet here, 
Jesus made it clear, like, no, I'm going to wash your feet. Now, what's the message that we can get? Man, do something unexpected. Each and every one of us have the opportunity every single day to make a difference in the life of other people, to make a difference in the lives of those around us and those that that we come in contact with, to minister to them and to share with them and to show them the gospel through the way that we serve them. We do not need to, in our own journey, wait until we feel like we're, we're good enough. We don't certainly need to wait until we feel like we're prepared, we're trained, we're, we're in the right place. Oftentimes, I have the opportunity of speaking to uh, students over in the School of Divinity at Liberty. And, you know, they're there, they're training for ministry, they talk about their calling that God has placed on their lives. And what I've told, I've told them, and I tell them every time I have the opportunity of, of talking with them, God never calls you to ministry for the future. When God calls you to ministry, it starts now. You may not be a pastor today, serve God anyway. You may not be a worship leader today, fine, serve God today. You may not be a missionary or whatever it is that God has called you to do, but serve today. God never calls you for tomorrow. When God calls you, he expects you to be involved and engaged in the moment. And so do something unexpected. Look for those opportunities that, that go beyond the, the, the natural, that go beyond the normal, that go beyond the, you know, the, the obvious opportunities for serving. Now, obviously, here at Thomas Road, we got lots of opportunities for serving. Uh, at Liberty, lots of opportunities for serving. Whatever church you're a part of, like, like, man, there are lots of times when we are given this invitation to go and to do something, to serve. And those moments are important. Don't get me wrong. We need to be engaged and involved in those moments. But what I'm talking about is serving God when it's not an organized event. Like serving God when it's not something that a preacher gets up and says, hey, I want you to go with me and serve here. Like that you don't you know, have this opportunity where you know, it's a scheduled thing and it's like all laid out for you and this is what you do and you show up at this time and you walk through this opportunity. No, no, I'm talking about like in everyday life, God gives you opportunities in the moment, in the place that you are to serve. So my wife's birthday was this past Thursday. And so we, uh, you know, we, we decided to take her away for a couple of days. And so Thursday morning, we uh, came over here to the LCA Chapel because my daughter was singing. So we came and watched her sing. And then after that, we drove down to Myrtle Beach and uh, we spent a couple of days in Myrtle Beach. Got back at 11 o'clock last night. I wanted to get back earlier, but my wife decided that she had things to do in the shopping. But anyway, beside the point. So we got back about 11 o'clock last night. And uh, so we're driving back, had a wonderful couple days away, just the two of us, and it was terrific. We get back last night, and, and as we arrived in our house late at night, it's cold, you know, there's a winter storm coming and all this kind of stuff, right? It's like, like 28 degrees, 29 degrees. We drove in, and we drove into the driveway, and as I turned into the driveway, the lights kind of turned onto the front of the house, and the front door of our house was sitting wide open, like completely open. And so I texted all the kids, said, hey, have any of you been over to the house and, you know, kind of left the door open? And all of them said, no, we haven't been there. You know, we, we haven't gone over there at all. And um, so I couldn't figure out, like, what was going on here. I couldn't, just didn't make sense. You know, we've got, uh, again, we've got the ring cameras there, but, the, you know, the battery's dead. So they do a lot of good. Um, yeah, so if you want to rob my house, today's a great day to do it because you won't get caught on camera. But anyway, um, I'm kidding. Just, just you know, I'm, it's a joke. So we'll pull in the garage, and so like, you know, this is an opportunity, obviously, to serve, right? This is an opportunity because we're pulling in late at night. I mean, someone could be in our home. 
Someone could be in there robbing it. They could be in there like, you know, destroying it. I mean, I had no idea what was going on. This was an opportunity that God gave to serve in the moment. And so I recognized that. And I realized this is something I can do. Like right now, this is something that I can use by God. And so I pulled into the, uh, to the garage and, and I let Sherry go in and walk all through the house and everything was fine. No issues. Now I served because what I did is I got her luggage out of the back of the car while she went in. And when I didn't hear any screams, I knew it's safe. It's all good. Uh, Look for moments and opportunities to serve. Look for those times that God brings into your path. And it might be like someone who serves you lunch today at your, the restaurant that you might stop by. I know it's Snowmageddon, you know, 2022 and everything may be shut down. But if you go to a restaurant today, like that server that might be there might be going through a horrific situation in their lives. They may be like really feeling lonely and desperate and hurting you have the opportunity to bless them. And I'm not just talking about blessing them with a tip. You better bless them with a tip, especially on a day like this, especially in a time like this. As followers of Christ, you better tip them. You better tip them well. Forget that 15%, 20%. Like tip them more, bless them. As Christians, we ought to go above and beyond. But I'm talking about opportunities to say, hey, is there something like that I can pray for you about? Maybe in your neighborhood, there's friends and you know, people around you, neighbors. Maybe you don't even know who they are, but they're going through difficult times, going through tragic situations. Lives are falling apart. Marriages are in trouble. Maybe, and we heard a moment ago, as Scott shared, like a lot of people are sick right now. A lot of people are going through difficult moments. And like, man, we have great opportunities. Look for those opportunities to do the unexpected. Jesus gave us that picture. When he washed the disciples' feet, like, I, I, I know they were shocked. I mean, Peter, it tells us in the story, like, he was shocked, he was upset. He's like, no, this is not going to happen. But yet, Jesus did it anyway to give us an example of serving, no matter what you might go through, no matter what experiences you might have. So do the unexpected. Do something today. And Why? Because in doing something unexpected, we have the opportunity of recognizing the eternal impact. I'm not talking about like the the moment impact, like what's going to happen today. I'm talking about the eternal impact that can come from serving God no matter what. Look what it says back in verses 6 through 8. So he came to Simon Peter, and then Peter asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. And then Peter said, probably what a lot, like a lot of us would have said in that moment, you will never wash my feet. He's basically saying here, like, I, I'm not worthy. Uh, I don't deserve to have my feet washed by you, the son of God. You're never going to wash my feet, Peter said. But then Jesus replied, listen to these words. If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. In other words, what he was giving here is a, a picture of his substitutionary death. In other words, If you don't let Jesus do the work that he wants to do in and through your life, then you will have no part with Jesus. Remember now, these are in the hours going to the moment where he would lay down his life on the cross for all of mankind to pay the sin debt that we never could have paid. Jesus was about to to allow himself to be nailed to a tree to pay for our sins. And so this message here was certainly a message for the moment, but it was a message for eternity. Like, if I don't wash you, if I don't clean you, you will have no part with me. You will not be a part of the kingdom of God. And so we need to recognize the eternal impact that we can have when we are simply being used by God, serving God, following what God has called us to do. Don't ever 
minimize or forget the importance of your calling. Now, you might be sitting here to say, like, I don't, I don't have a calling. Like, I'm not called to be a pastor. I'm not called to be a worship pastor. I'm not called to be a missionary. I'm not called to be a teacher. I, I, like, I, I'm not called. Listen, every person in this room and every person watching today, you have been called. God has called you to do something. When you go back to our mission statement, it flows from Matthew 28, Mark 16, Acts chapter 1. Jesus in his last words before he ascended to heaven, he made it clear. Make disciples of all the nations. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. That was not a message given to preachers. It was a message given to everyone. So yes, you are called. You're sitting here saying, I'm a student. I'm not called. Yes, you are. Like I'm retired. I'm not called. Yes, you are. You are called. You are called to do the work that God has set for you. And when you recognize the importance of that calling, when you recognize the eternal impact that can flow from that, it changes everything. It changes everything when you recognize it, when you simply are serving in and walking in and doing for God all that he's told you to do. God is going to use that to truly change people's lives and introduce them to the power of the kingdom of God. We know every day we have op- the opportunity of being around people who are, uh, are not followers of Christ. They don't know who Christ is. They don't know what he's done. They don't recognize the, the gift that Jesus gave when he died on the cross. They may have heard about it. They may have read about it. They may have seen one of those tracks that people you know, leave around occasionally. Like they may know a little bit about it, but they never entered into the relationship with God through his son, Jesus And you have been called, you have been sent, you have been given the opportunity to bring them to that place. And so you got to figure out like, man, what is God's calling on my life? What is the mission that God has called me to? Here at Thomas Road, we're constantly trying to encourage people to, to figure out exactly how you can be used of God because we're used in different ways. Like there are some people that are used to, in, in missions work. There are some like Beth's Blessing Barn. Man, a wonderful lady in our church who, who decided to move to a rough neighborhood, a neighborhood where there's lots of, uh, of difficult things going on. She moved there and she opened in her backyard. She got a bunch of storage sheds and, and got a lot of donations of clothes and, and housing items and, and food and all those kinds of things. And every day of her life, She is in that neighborhood and she is simply blessing that neighborhood, encouraging them, giving to them, helping them. And now that neighborhood looks at her as like an angel in their midst because she simply said, like, God wants me to make a difference here. Like God gives us all those opportunities. So what are you doing with them? Matt Wilmington, who's sitting right over here to my left. Matt and his team uh, put together last year uh, an incredible resource that we've been using here at Thomas Road called Map Your Mission to help us kind of a, take a personal assessment, an idea, a vision of like, like where I am in that journey that God wants me to be on. What does God want to do in and through me? And like, how am I doing with that? And if you've not had the opportunity of like engaging in that and and walking through that that opportunity to kind of learn a lot about yourself and your walk with God, man, I encourage you to do that. In fact, I I think, put it on the screen there. Yeah, just go to trbc.org slash M-Y-M, map your mission, and take that little survey that helps to teach you, to show you like where I am in my walk with God. If you're at home right now, man, I encourage you to do that. Why? 
Because God has called all of us to make an eternal impact. And we can do that when we recognize the importance of the message and when we recognize the importance of the calling that God has placed on our lives. So yeah, absolutely do something unexpected. Absolutely recognize the eternal impact. But also recognize the Christ-like service that we have the opportunity of being a part of. The privilege of being a part of. Think about this. God has called us into a position where we can actually be Christ-like in what we do. Like we can actually be like Christ. Look what it says here in verses 13 and following. Jesus said, you call me teacher and Lord and you are speaking rightly since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. You are never more like Christ when you are serving people who need to hear the gospel. You're never more like Christ than when you're doing exactly what Jesus gave us an example of doing. Now, in this verse, it says, like, if I've washed feet, then you also ought to wash one another's feet. Listen, let me make this real clear. If you go out today to a restaurant and you're sitting there and there's someone hurting in the, like the booth next to you and you get up and you take the napkin from your table and you go and you take their shoes off and pour a cup of water over their shoes, you're going to get arrested. Like, like, do not do that. Okay, that is not what I'm talking about here. And that's not what Jesus is trying to say here. What he's trying to do here is use the example of, hey, bless people, encourage people, minister to people. God is not calling you to go like literally like wash people's feet every single day. That's not the picture. The picture is this. Do so much more. Look for those opportunities to make a difference, to be Christ-like. You see, Jesus stepped out of what was the expected role that he was in. He stepped out of what people expected that he should do and would do. And he put himself in a position lower than everybody else. He put himself in a position where he was much lower than anybody else in the room. And yet he gave and he served and he ministered to give us an example that you are never too good to minister to other people. When you believe that you're too good to help the, the, the homeless, when you feel like that you're too good to help the hurting, when you feel like you're too good to go out and to minister people who are far from God, then at that point in your life, you are never more unlike Christ. Because Christ was willing to go where maybe the religious leaders of the day were not. He was willing to talk to that lady at the well. He was willing to minister to the people in the crowds that, that everyone else wanted to stay away from. He was willing to bless the lepers that everybody wanted to, to keep as far away from as possible. You are never too good to minister, to serve, and to encourage people who need to have a touch from God. Because in that situation, in that moment, we have the opportunity of being like Christ. And that's exactly what we're called to do. Philippians chapter two, verse three and four says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, <clears throat> but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interest of others. In other words, <clears throat> it's not about you. It's all about him. It's not about your position. It's about the fact that you're willing to serve God and to do for God and through God and with God what he's called all of us to be involved in. So, some practical things that we can do. Like, like, what are some things that we can write down in our minds that we can, like, walk out of here today that every single one of us, no matter who you are, you can do in this moment to be a person who has a heart for serving 
and a passion for sharing? Well, the first thing you can do is pray. Like to simply say, God, like give me the opportunity. God, open my heart and open my eyes to see the way that you do. When you look at the life of Christ, there was never a moment during his journey on this earth that he did not see the hurting and the people that needed him to show up and to bless them. He always saw them. He saw them in a crowd. He saw them when no one else was around. He always saw them. Pray that God God would give you the same kind of eyes to see that person. So pray for those kinds of eyes, God's eyes, and for discernment, like who needs to hear and see the power of God in their lives. Second thing, don't wait for the invitation. Don't sit back and wait for someone to say, hey, listen, would you like to go serve here? You know, why don't you get involved in Like, don't wait for the invitation. Look for the invitation. Look for the opportunity. Step out and do it on your own. No matter where you are, no matter what you do, like look for that place where you can go and serve today. Do not wait for the obvious invitation to be involved. And the third thing, don't wait for the right fit. So many times people sit back and say, that's not for me. That's not like what I, that's not my interest. That doesn't really fall. Like, hey, forget all that stuff. Don't wait for the right fit. Step out and do it. Even if it's outside of your comfort zone, serve anyway. And if at first you fail, so what? Get up and try something else. If you don't like it, fine. Go find something else. Don't wait for the right fit to serve God. Because everything done for him has an eternal impact. Everything that you do can change the world for the gospel. So today, every person here, we all have this opportunity, God-given opportunity, a God-given calling, a God-given responsibility to serve, to go, to make a difference, to share the gospel, to serve people who are hurting. And so listen, the, the, the invitation just simply has to be this, like, are you doing it? Are you looking for those opportunities? Are you looking with God's eyes to see those moments where you can make a difference? Are you praying for the discernment that you can actually pick up in someone's life like, like they're hurting and I can make a difference? Are you looking for those times when you can do what no one else is willing to do? Because if you are, that is how we will be most like Christ, which is exactly what God calls all of us to be. So today, look for the opportunity to serve. Do the unexpected. Step out and make a difference that will not only change a life today, but will change a life for eternity. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for, uh, Lord, the, the times that it speaks to us when we're not doing things the right way, which I know happens a lot in our lives. So God, I thank you that today, in the moment that we have had today to see what it is that Jesus gave us as an example, God, I pray for every person in this room, every person watching today. Lord, I pray that you would use them and grow them. I pray that you would challenge them to step up to the plate and do what you've called them to do. Lord, to serve, to minister, to encourage, to help, to bless. God, I pray that you would bring people into their path where they could actually use their talents and to use their abilities. God, that indeed they would find the mission that you have them on to make a difference in our world. God, we pray that you would use us to do that. But God, ultimately, we recognize this. There are a lot of people today who are going about their lives and going about their business, and they do not know you as their Lord and Savior. 
God, they're missing out on so much because they've never come to that place where they've recognized that you love them, that you sent your son Jesus to die for them, that he was buried, that he rose again three days later, and that today what they need to experience is the gift of salvation that comes through Christ alone. And so God, I pray that in this moment today, Lord, that you will help them make that decision. And God, for that, we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory. With our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, as we do every week, our altar is going to be open. If you're watching at home, which I know a lot of people are, like you have a proverbial altar in the room where you're watching today. Like you have an opportunity right now to make a decision. And there's two decisions that all of us today need to make. The first one is the most important. Are you a child of God? Have you come into that place where you've recognized your need for a Savior that we all have? All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Have you made that decision? Secondly, in making that decision, have you come to the place where you recognize that Jesus is the only one that can save me, that Jesus died and that he rose again? And as it says in Romans chapter 10, that if we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. If you've not done that, today is the day for you to make that decision. Today's the day for you to make that commitment in your journey. The second thing that we've got to deal with and ask ourselves is this. All of us in this room, as followers of Christ, like, are we looking for the opportunity to serve? Are we doing what God has called us to do? All of you have been called. So have you answered the call? And if not, start today. Just simply say, God, here I am, use me. Isaiah chapter six, that's what Isaiah said to God. When God revealed himself to Isaiah, Isaiah said, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. And those three things honestly sounds a lot like what we say in our own lives and in our own journeys. Like, I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I'm not smart enough. I don't know what to do. All of us have said that at some point in our lives. But yet, Isaiah just simply said this, here I am, use me. And so if you've not done that, I pray that today you'd make that decision. Here I am, use me today. So as Charles leads us this morning, I just encourage you as we stand, as we sing together, the altar is open. If you're watching at home, the altar in your house is open. Make a decision, make a commitment, come to Christ and begin to serve. Let's stand together.
Father, today we thank you for the opportunity that we have. Lord, to be called your children. God, we don't deserve it. But we thank you that through Jesus you gave us that opportunity. God, we thank you that you give us the opportunity also to serve you, to make a difference, to have a heart and a passion to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray that we would rise to that calling. Lord, that we would show up and be used by you to do what we need to do to make a difference in a world that is desperate for truth and desperate for hope. God, use us today. And God, for that, we'll give you the praise and we'll give you the glory in all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now guys, before you leave, the altar is gonna remain open. We encourage you, come down if you wanna talk with them. Uh, If you did not pick up that start book, pick it up before you leave today because next Sunday, we're gonna be starting a 10-week series on the doctrines of the faith. And we're going to walk through starting next Sunday with the doctrine of the Trinity. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm praying for like 15 inches of snow today. So I don't know if that's going to work or not. But whatever it is, have a great, great snow day. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We're so glad you joined us. If you prayed to receive Christ today, we'd love to hear from you. We want to help you as you begin this new journey of faith in Jesus Christ. Send an email to the address on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. Likewise, if you've never accepted God's free gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you'd like to know more, we're here to help you. Just reach out to us and we'd love to tell you more. Our mission at Thomas Road is to change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and love people. If you'd like to help us fulfill that mission by giving to our ministry, go to the link on your screen and make your contribution today. Help us help others with the life-changing truth of God's love.